Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, hey, all right. Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. Woo! This week, I get to sit down with Richmond Champion. Richmond is a world-ranked bareback rider. What? What is that? Well, you're about to learn. Bareback riding is a sport of riding the horse without a saddle. It's part of the, one of the sports, one of the skills in a rodeo. And I couldn't be more elated to have Richmond on. In fact, I had his wife, uh, Paige Lawrence, who was a figure skater for Canada in the 2014 Olympics on about a month ago. This week, I get a chance to sit down with Richmond. He is one of the top ranked bareback riders in the world. In fact, while we were recording this episode, he was in the middle of participating in the National Finals Rodeo, which for those who aren't fans of the sport, think Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals of Rodeo, all wrapped up in one event. So I wanted to have Richmond on for this reason. Many don't understand the sport of rodeo. I don't. And so we dive into how the heck does a kid from Texas get into the sport of rodeo Richmond started riding bulls at the age of 11. That's crazy. And then we talk about what it takes mentally and physically for an athlete in rodeo to play, to ride to his or her peak performance. And again, we're catching Richmond right in the middle of the biggest event of the year. So couldn't have been a better time to have this conversation. And, you know, for those out there thinking, man, you have to be crazy to ride a bull, ride a horse. You're not totally wrong there. So we talk about what it takes mentally to wake up every day knowing you could draw that horse that everybody fears, just like Richmond did a few days ago in the National Finals Rodeo. So I am so excited to bring Richmond to you. As I've been sharing with you, I am pivoting the podcast. I'm bringing on athletes who are achieving at the highest level in their sport or who did achieve at the highest level of their sport because we want to work on that mindset. We want to talk about that transition from sports to life because at the end of the day, you know what happens when confidence and clarity collide, action happens. So I'm excited. Sit down, listen to this episode, and heck, by the time Richmond and I are done talking, you're going to fall in love with the sport of rodeo. Here we go. Shift your mindset. All right. This one is going to be super exciting, guys. This week, I get to have, uh, for the first time in Bullpen Session Podcast history, a professional bareback rider on. Richmond Champion, welcome to Bullpen Sessions, man. Hey, thanks for having me. No, this is, this is going to be one of, uh, I think, one of the more exciting interviews I've done, um, and, and it's going to be really, really good conversation. And like I told you offline, Richmond, this is very few times do I get to interview uh, an athlete who is currently playing their sport, but not only currently playing their sport, actually in the middle of a competition. Because <laughs> you're down uh, in Cal uh, Texas right now at the National Finals Rodeo. So let's just start there. How's it going? Uh, we're off to a good start. Today's the, uh, the halfway mark. Uh, so round five of 10. And uh, tonight's our what we call a, the TV pin. So it's, it's the horses you, you dream about getting on and uh, so I'm really tickled and excited for tonight. That's awesome. Well, before we go, cause I want to come all the way back to that and just okay. the, the whole mindset and philosophy behind what it is you do. And you, you and I talked offline that, 
again, I'm a baseball guy, basketball guy, football guy. And I think most people understand if they're watching those sports on TV, like what goes into the scoring and all that. I think there's a lot of people probably still go, okay, how do you score points in bareback riding or rodeo? And what does it all mean? So we'll get into that, but let's actually start like, cause you grew up in, I believe you grew up in Texas, right? Um, yeah. Where are you from? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from everywhere. Uh, <laughs> was born in California, living in New Mexico, Alaska for six years, Texas, Arizona, Washington, back to Texas. I ended up graduating high school uh, down in the woodlands by Houston. And then I went to, to college in um, Stephenville, Texas at Tarleton State uh, on a rodeo scholarship. And then me and my wife, Paige, decided we wanted to head north. So now we're living out of Montana. That's awesome. And if anybody has listened to previous podcast, I had Paige on about a month ago. Paige was a Olympic figure skater for Canada. So, so two very, we'll call this a very athletically gifted household here. <laughs> now, here's my question. Because I think if I have my notes correctly, you started riding bulls first when you were 12, yes. 13 years old. Again, I'm just going to ask the obvious question, man. Like most of my buddies and I, we picked up a baseball and a basketball at age 11, 12. What made you go, I want to go ride a bull? Uh, I grew up playing baseball and lacrosse and all that. And uh, I really shifted into horses and always had a love for, for riding and um the PBR professional bull riders was really heating up about the time I was, you know, 13. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Um, and I, I, yeah, I say I rode bulls for three years. I didn't ride very many of them. I got on a lot of them, but it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a very unsuccessful venture for me. Um, I'd say the only, the, the thing I'm most thankful for is it was when I shifted to riding bareback horses, I had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crossover between the two as far as you're getting on a scary animal, you're in a steel cage with them, you know, and you, you learn those things that, that I didn't have to go through that. So I just really just went straight into learning how to ride buck and horse as well. That's awesome. And so was there a point, because I believe you started riding horses at some point in high school, right? Was yeah, there, uh, 17. 17. Was there a point where you realized like, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this. And, you know, again, little, little do we know that certain colleges in certain parts of the country actually have teams, sports, you know, the rodeo as a, as a collegiate sport. At what point did you realize that you could ride at the next level? Um, I guess my, I started, I got on my first horse um, July 3rd, 2010. And I, was at my first professional rodeo in January of 11. So, and I, it, I, you know, wasn't successful, but I just decided that's how I, you know, I, I didn't want to mess around with the, the amateur rodeo and I wanted to, you know, find my way into it. And, um, you know, I was college rodeoing and professional rodeoing, which we can do, um, because we're, we're paying entry fees at college rodeos and stuff. Mm, so it's not like okay. normal college sports. Um, and yeah, just, you know, everybody pushed me, you know, and was really supportive in the beginning and I, it did come naturally to me and, uh, I had great mentors right off the bat and they pushed me to, you know, just, I don't care if you fall off. I don't care if you get on the scariest rankest horse in the world at your first pro rodeo, just go and do it. And you'll thank yourself later and definitely look back on that a lot. <laughs> so let me, I got to ask this, like going back to when you first actually got on a bull. 
you know, there's obviously the first time you actually get on the bull in a competition. But if there is a kid out there listening, like, man, this is, this is what I want. Like, where do you get started? How do you start practicing to become a bull rider? <laughs> they've, uh, they've come out with a lot of like training aids and stuff. Um, but honestly, the, the best way to do it is just to go get on them. And, and if you don't have somewhere to get on practice bulls, cause I, that, that is a thing. Uh, we have practice pins, you know, you just kind of got to know somebody around you or there's the, the rodeo school option. And that's, that's what I did when I started riding horses is I went to uh, specific rodeo schools that, you know, the pro guys at the time would, would put on because the guys that own the horses wanted to buck their younger ones and they don't want us getting on them. Um, Cause they're, you know, they're not going to get any confidence that way. And it's a good, it's a good crossover for the, when you're starting young to just get on young horses because you're figuring it out together. And uh, so there's a few of those around the country. That's what I would suggest is, is definitely to find a school. And uh, if you have a horse, ride it bareback, work on your balance and, you know, test your body. And I'm going to ask the ignorant question. Riding bareback means no saddle, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah no so saddle. that's interesting. You brought up a really good point because in your sport, as you're coming up the ranks, you're kind of growing with the horse. You said, you know, get on a, a younger horse and that's where, what, what other sport out there, let's call it with the piece of equipment you use in your case it happens to be an animal uh, where you get the chance to grow up with that animal. That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So here you are at Tarleton state now, right? You're already riding pro. Was there a moment in event when you realized maybe it was just performance where you realized like I could make a living out of, being a professional bareback rider? Yeah, it was probably my, actually right when I graduated high school, I went to a couple of rodeos and I won like $4,000. Never going to see a broke day. Like I was so pumped. And uh, I think that first year I went out with that $4,000 and I lost it all. <laughs> and I came, came home and I won, you know, won a little money there right when I got back home. And I was like, Okay. Not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, I think my 2013, um, I was, you know, I, I finally won a big, big tour rodeo. And, uh, that's when I was like, okay, if you can do it, if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. You just got to find a way to, to duplicate this. You know what yeah. I mean? What you're doing is, is working. And, um, I had that confidence that came with that. And, the next year, um, I was having my best winter ever. And then they put on a, a rodeo at the Cowboys stadium, uh, called the American and, uh, winner wins a million bucks if you qualify. So I uh, went through the qualifying deal and a special, special day for me. Yeah. And if anybody is Googling Richmond, as we are speaking, you'll learn that you were the first actually to win a million dollars at one event, correct? Yeah, that's, that that's absolutely phenomenal. You know what, man, to put this in a little perspective for you, you were how old when you won that first $4,000 check? Oh, 18. 18. Okay. So at one event, you walked away with $4,000, right? You're like, man, holy crap, I can make money doing this. Yep. I spent an entire summer playing baseball in the minor leagues. Ironically, up, up near your neck of the words of Stevensville, I was in Helena. Uh, nice. I made $900 a month. <laughs> to put that i guess that's that answers the whole question of risk reward right baseball not as risky as, as getting on the back of the course, but 
Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that million dollars in one event is absolutely fascinating. You know, so here you are now. You've been in the sport for for several several years, and I, I mean, I could sit here and list all the accomplishments. I believe in 2017 you were you were second in the world um, yeah. in bareback riding, which is absolutely phenomenal. You know, was there any event to date? for you besides the million dollars. I think that might be an obvious one, but was there any other event where that really stands out in your mind, whether it's the venue, the location, just like, Oh man, if there's a place I want to ride, it's there. Calgary stampede. Definitely. Um, I like, uh, obviously the, the, like the stage is amazing. The arena is incredible, but it's a, it's a similar feel to, to say, you know, the national finals, you got it. If you win Calgary, you've been on at least six horses before you're crowned a champion. You know, there's no one hit wonder. The cream's got to rise to the top and, and you've got to like prove yourself. And uh, it comes down to uh, a finals where you get on in an eight man. So like the top eight guys ride off, then the top four come back and you get on another one like an hour later for all the marbles. And I, I don't know. I just love that format. I love the place. It's yeah. Pretty special. So at a place like Calgary stampede, how many riders actually start the event? I want to say, say maybe 24 or 30 okay. or something like that. And then it pairs down. It's, a, it's final, an, yeah, it's an, four. yeah, it's an invite deal. And you got it. You get on forehead and the top four guys out of that pool go on to that, that eight man round. That's awesome. So for yeah. the, again, the ignorant folks on the interview, like myself, who, who again feels I'm a sports fan, but the sport of, <laughs> of rodeo is something I still am very infant at. We all know the Super Bowl is like the big game in the, in the NFL, the world series, the finals in the NBA, the Stanley cup in hockey in rodeo. What is the Super Bowl, the world series? the national finals, what, what I'm at right now. Where you're at right now. That's awesome. Yeah. So we, we are doing this interview while Richmond champion is in the middle, literally in the middle day five of 10 days yeah. of the national championship, the Super Bowl, the world series all combined into one. You know, I have to share this, uh, Richmond. So a Amy and I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and we moved out here six years ago. And I think something cool that I read about you, we've, we live 40 minutes from Cheyenne. And I think people kind of feel like, Frontier Days, Cheyenne's kind of legendary in its own right. It's is it still the world's largest rodeo it, outdoor, outdoor rodeo? Is. Yeah, it's uh, in the USA. I'm I'm pretty certain it is. Yeah. It is okay. And so we've had a chance to go up and watch that a couple times. But you actually won Frontier Days back in 2014. Yeah, um, that's one of my favorite stops throughout the year. Um, kind of a kind of a similar feel to Calgary, honestly. Um, but yeah. I, had had the momentum from the American in 14 and uh, still like my goal shifted then. Like I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. I wanted to make the NFR now because I hadn't done that. And I didn't want to be that kid that had a lucky day in Arlington and didn't, didn't, you know, seal the deal the rest of the season and uh, showed up there and kind of came from the back of the pack. I think I'd come in seventh to the finals and uh, I had a horse named dirty jacket. Um, he was incredible. I think he won buck and a horse, buck and horse of the year that year. And I was 91 points to win Cheyenne. It was, it was unreal. I got goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> well, I get goosebumps thinking about it too, because would you, by the way, would you have ridden there in 2017? 
Yes. So I get yep. to say I watched you in the stands, <laughs> yeah. and I at that point obviously had no idea who you were. Um, you know, for me, the experience you and I were talking about this offline too. First of all, Wyoming is kind of like in a land of its own, which is there's there's a beauty about that. And when we went up there, you know, at the beginning of every event, you and I talked about this. Four thousand people stood up, sang the national anthem with respect and actually prayed for the riders. Where else in the country right now in 2020 do you find that happening? And, and you know, for you as a rider, when that, because I'm assuming they're doing that at every major event, what is that feeling like when the national anthem's going off, the, the fans are praying for you? Is that, that's got to give you goosebumps. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, I've actually always, I've talked to Paige about this and I want to, I want to put on like a, a heart meter of if on any random day, if I hear the national anthem, if my heart starts speeding up because we're the first event, usually the anthem ends and we're going bareback riding. So I wonder if I have that trigger now. Cause yeah, it's, you know, we, I think the general respect uh, of rodeo fans and, and rodeo families is, you know, you know, family first, you know, God is, is everything, you know, everybody's, everyone's, has a really good relationship that way, whatever, you know, way they worship. Um, and it's just a a non, a judgment free zone. There it is. I think that's, that's the key phrase judgment free zone. And it's cool to see, man, I have to admit like over the last what decade, maybe PBR, other, other series have starting to get a lot of national attention on ESPN and things like that. So it's, it's really cool to see that. Um, you know, let's, let's do that. Let's get into the details. Some of the philosophy, some of the things again, for the average sports fan out there is like, okay, I see a guy riding a horse, but what the heck is actually happening? First and foremost, when you are in the shoot, you know, you're, you're locked in with the horse. They haven't pulled the, the gate open yet. What's going through your head? Uh, little as possible, really. Um, I guess if, if you think about if anybody that's played sports, like that, you've had your best moment, uh, you know, where you scored a goal or you hit a home run or whatever it is. If you go back and think about that moment, you weren't thinking about anything. You were just reacting. Um, you know what I mean? It, it came naturally and that's the subconscious taking over. So really I'm a lot of guys like to get wound up and amped up and, you know, get, get mad in the bucket shoot. I just try to, get myself to that special place that I, that I know I compete at my best and it's not, you know, remove, remove my brain from the situation. You talking to the horse at all? Uh, if they're nervous or <laughs> wanting to, you know, bash me around. Yeah. We're having some words in there. <laughs> but do you ever, I mean, I know there's probably like the, the, like you said, there might be the times the horses are wound up a little and you're trying to calm them down, but are you ever having, you know, you know, it's you and that horse and against it, obviously you're, you're kind of competing in the moment, but do you get, you ever find yourself having a conversation with the horse before you go out? Like, Hey man. Yeah. Like when I'm saddling and you know, I get there to, you know, go put my rig in on him and I'll, I'll pet him down. And especially like, like a horse I had yesterday, I've been on her yesterday was my fifth time getting on her and I love her. She's one of my favorites. And you know, like, Hey girl, how you been? Like <laughs> you ready to do this? You know, I just, it's silly, but yeah, I definitely do. That's awesome. You know, it makes, here's what it reminds me of Richmond. And this is again, the, the naive sports fan of, uh, in me, you know, you know, this, the old famous Garth Brooks song, right? The bull, no man could ride, uh, yep. <laughs> which I believe was about, was that about Lane Frost? 
I believe so. Yeah, okay. And obviously the famous bull rider. Inspired by. Who was killed at Cheyenne Frontier Days, I believe. Yeah. Um, When you find out you're drawing a certain horse, because that's the thing I think people don't understand. It's not like you're showing up with your horse that you get to ride every single event. No, no, no. You are big. You're finding out what horse you're riding. And I think just at the national finals right now, you pulled a horse by the name of Killer B who you've ridden before, but is known to be one of the harder horses in the circuit, tougher horses to ride. When you realize that you've drawn that horse, what goes through your head? Um, I have a special, a special relationship with that one. Um, she is, so just a little background story or background for the way it works here is we, we bring 105 horses, I think, hand selected by the contestants. So we, we go on conference calls, decide what horses belong here. And then we put them together so that in round one, all the horses are very similar. And then in round two, same thing going down. So Killer B is what we call an eliminator. Um, so she goes in our, our rank eliminator pin where everyone has, is supposed to have something scary and hard to ride. Uh, and she's, she's just terrifying. I, <laughs> she's, you know, she's a horse that takes, you know, you see him, see her buck off the guys, the four-time world champs, the the legends of the sport. She's got them down, you know, and, it's just, just a whole different ball game when you find out you have that one. It, and it's all, I mean, it, she's hard to ride physically, but the, the mental game that comes with her is, and it may just be me. I'd like to think it's not, but she, yeah, I, this, that was a mental war because you find out the night before and then you got to figure out how you're going to get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so it's, it's interesting. It makes for a long day. It's interesting because you think it again, other sports, baseball, basketball, football, stuff like that, you're going up against another human, right? And yeah. <clears throat> you look at certain competitors with in awe, like people who are just so good, so competitive. Right. If you put them in a line with other athletes, you hit their face, you just stop. I got to believe it's a little similar. Like when you, when you look at those horses and then you look at Killer B and you're like, because you realize yeah. what, she, what she's done and what her capabilities are. So let's, let's go in the details. You talked about in uh, Cheyenne, you needed 91 points. And I think most people have no clue how a scoring system works in, <laughs> in rodeo. In bareback riding, how does a rider earn points? Okay, so uh, all Paige's friends want to – they always try to judge my rides now that they're getting into rodeo. and So I'll get a text from like, 10s across the board. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. But <laughs> That's Paige's um, sport, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, the, we have usually two to four judges, um, and they allot 50 points for the animal, 50 points for the ride. So you want that rank horse because that you're going to, you know, get a lot of points from that horse, but you also have to be able to ride that horse well and do your job. So the horse is judged on how high they kick, how much air they're getting, um, if they travel too far, if they're still doing their job and really bucking, that's fine. But if they're traveling far and they kind of get weak and kind of stop kicking or, you know, aren't getting very high off the ground, that all comes into, to, uh, to account in that judge's mind. Um, like there's horses that'll be right there and they, they won't leave a 
they could buck in a six foot square because they're just so electric and right in front. And that, those are the ones you want. They're really fun to ride. And obviously they, they give a, a big flash factor that that's going to help you get more points for the animal, but they also help you to spur, um, expose yourself. You know, it's really hard to expose yourself when basically everything's with your feet. You want, they want to see control in the upper body control with your free arm. You know, they don't want you like whipping around and looking out of control. So you and have to find control in a very uncontrollable situation. And then the spur, the spurring is everything. So if you're, you know, pitching them to your ears and, you know, there's the only thing touching that horse is a little bit of your butt in your hand, then you're doing it. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I mean, every guy has their own style. When you start, you, you emulate, want to emulate the best and, you know, you take little things from everybody and um, it's really up to the judge that day. But, you know, everyone's doing the same thing just a different way at this at this point. You know, the 14 other guys in that locker room, they're studs. You know, they're, there's no question of if they're going to make, you know, as good or better spur ride than I am any day. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, and it's a judge sport. So yeah. there's going to be days where you make a great ride and it, they didn't like it. You know, and that's just part of it. Well, and, and so I imagine the easier the horse, you may not be able to even earn 50 points from the horse side of that ride. Is that true? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was saying. I was yeah. putting these horses in, in pens is, you know, like last night, for instance, instance was our weakest pen. And, you know, I think a ho- average horse score is probably 19 to 20 per judge. So we'll call it, you know, 40 points. Yep. Whereas the horse scores in the killer bees round were like 47 and a half. Got it. Like, which is, you know, it's harder. The rider scores are probably lower on the rink than night, but you just got to get by them. What, um, you've brought up the fact there's 14 other riders in the locker room. Um, what's the camaraderie like in the circuit? It's, it's the most special thing about rodeo in my opinion. Um, we are, we're a family down there. We'll, we'll obviously we want to, you know, beat each other every day, but it's, you know, yesterday I needed to work on my equipment. I called uh, the number one guy in the world, Tim O'Connell. I said, Hey, I don't have, I flew down here. I don't have any tools. He's like, I'll bring mine to the locker room. No, no worries. So like, we're all here to help each other out. We, you know, sit around and usually on a normal year when we have come to Vegas or go to Vegas, which is where the, the NFR normally is, we go to the back number ceremony, like the opening ceremony for the rodeo. And then we all say goodbye to our wives and we get in a limo and we go and sit down and have dinner and toast to a good week and a good year. And, you know, it's, it's a really special thing for us. You know, that's, that's really cool. Cause I can again, remember being at the Cheyenne, the frontier days and before the, uh, afternoon session had ended the evening we were actually there for the concert at this time at this point yeah. so uh, a session at this the rodeo had ended for the day and we went into the adult you know beer tent and yeah. there were all the most of the riders right having a beer yeah. hanging out together enjoying i thought yeah. i think that spot that's so cool to see that and i gotta believe too it's because you all know the inherent risk each and every one of you face absolutely yeah and that's you know it we're all a little messed up, I think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's the stuff we don't talk about and we well, don't want to think about. Let's but talk it's, about it's that though, because yeah. you know, you're in a sport where, yeah, let's, let's face it. Most people would say you're crazy. 
you know, when people think of bull riding, they think of the, the bar downtown that has the mechanical bull riding. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I cranked it up to eight tonight. Yeah. And I stayed on. It's like, yeah, live it play a sport where, where every night it's a 10. Um, how do you get yourself mentally in position to, for example, you're at the national finals 10 nights in a row. How do you get yourself in a position mentally to be on, you know, to be, to be, have your A game show up every single night? Yeah, it's, I always tell myself every time I come here, I'm like, it's just another rodeo. It's just another, you, you ride 10 horses in a row all the time. You do it all summer long, all over the country. What's the difference? And I haven't figured that out, but it is different because I'm sweating right now. Just thinking about tonight. Uh, it's, it's a mind game. Um, because you, it's the hardest place to trust what got you here because you feel like you need to be doing more. You feel like you need to be stepping it up when you need to be trusting in what you know and what you've been able to do. And, and if you ride, if you have a special opportunity throughout the week, trust that you're going to rise to the occasion because there's, it's going to do you no good to sit here and think and beat yourself up about how you're going to do this tonight. When you're getting on a bucking horse, you don't know what he's going to do. You may have an idea, but you just got to do your job and trust that you're here for a reason and you deserve to be here. And that's, that's the answer I try to tell myself when I catch, catch myself overthinking throughout the week. How much does environment play into this? And why, where I ask where I'm going when, when asking this is obviously your wife, Paige Lawrence, she's also a mindset coach, right? She, she, it, does it help to have yourself constantly surrounded by, you know, in a positive environment, surrounding yourself with positive people, because again, the inherent risk in what you do, let's face it, 99.8% of the population in this world wouldn't do it. How much does tribe and environment matter to what you do every single night in the arena? Uh, yeah, everything. I woke up this morning, uh, I was thinking about my horse that I have tonight and was thinking about it too much. I was like, if it's gonna be a long day. If I start this at 9am, I can't, and I told Paige that and she's like, well, what's on your mind? And I said, I just feel like I, I haven't had my ride yet this week that I'm like, Oh, I just nailed it. Uh, it's been good, but it, I haven't had that moment for me yet. And she said, okay, well, you know, what are you thinking about? And I was like, everything. She's like, okay, well, you're probably overthinking it. Then what's one thing you want to do tonight that you, that's just going to be your word that you're going to focus on before you get on. And I said, lift. Cause I, but I've kicked out of my videos so far that I haven't been doing as well as I can. And she said, okay, lift it is. Forget about everything else. You're fine. And I immediately felt better. I was like, she's right. <laughs> like you don't need to be a bareback rider to know that. Uh, and yeah, you know, having her as a, on my team is credit a lot of what I've, you know, the success I've had and where I've been able to take my career in the last few years, just to, to being around her and that, no, like I don't get to make excuses, which sucks because she's yeah. a competitor and she's not going to let me. Um, but it's, yeah, no, it's definitely a big part of it. And, you know, it's easy to get pumped up as far as location goes. Like this is the, this is our pinnacle. So, I mean, of course there's going to be nerves, but you want them to be good ones. Yep. And when you're on that horse and that, that gate opens, you know, you're riding with one hand, right? I think somebody yep. compared to what you do is riding a jackhammer with one hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a sense of just going with the flow versus resisting. 
absolutely. I'm really glad you said that. I was thinking that today. Uh, there's certain horses you have to get in a fight with. Um, you have to go with the flow and and resist kind of at the same time. But your best rides are when you're you're using the horse and not fighting them. Um, you're take you're using their momentum. You're letting them help you and and you're just you're flowing. You know. And that's, uh, that's why you got to get your brain out of the way, because if you, if you're thinking you're late and you can't be in time with them, you got to let, just trust what you're doing and, and have that, you know, I'm just going to rock and roll with it. I'm not going to try to, you know, overdo it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's finish up this interview here. Uh, this has been, uh, this has been fun. Yeah. I've, I've learned so much about the sport right now that I didn't know going into the interview. You know, on a personal side, Richmond, you guys live up in Stevensville, Montana, which is outside Missoula. If anybody's never been there, it is possibly some of the most beautiful land we have in this country. One thing I love about Montana is like when you go there in the summer, they call it big sky country, right? I remember playing there back in 2000 and like it literally stays light until 10, 1030. It's just the most fascinating thing. Yep. What do you, how are you, when you're in such a high risk sport like you are and you have to be in so, you have to be so locked in, otherwise, it, you know, you could die. Yeah. How do you then turn around and give yourself a chance to unwind personally so that you can ramp back up for the next event? Cause you can't keep it up here all the time. No, uh, definitely. I, uh, I love playing golf. Uh, we keep golf clubs with us on the road. So we get an off day We're we're on the golf course. Um, and I also have ever since moving to Montana, I've really got into fly fishing. Um, just obviously fishing is fun no matter what, but there's a mental aspect to it that for whatever reason, you know, I just, I love it. And, uh, it's my new obsession. I bought a drift boat. I did the whole deal. I'm <laughs> Paige, Paige left uh, to go work with a friend of hers on a, a new course she's coming up with. And she left me the two weeks before this. And all I, all I have to do is work out and fish. So I was on the river every single day before this, uh, get my workout in, go to the river, come home, rest and repeat. <laughs> but I think there's, so, yeah, a I mean, I, there's a lesson to be learned in that though. Because absolutely. when you're on a horse, like for example, at the national finals, it's 10 nights. Let's, let's break it down. Your time, actual time on a horse per event is how long? Um, let's say eight to 20. 20 seconds. I mean, by the time they, if you make the pickup man and yep. just depends, but yeah, not very eight long. To eight <laughs> to 20 seconds per event for 10 yeah. nights. And some, and most, most rodeos are not 10 nights. Correct. But you also spend on the, when you're not that you, you're literally lifting, winding down and getting out on your boat to relax and get, and get clear. The importance of that, meaning you can't stay in that frenetic state. If you try to stay amped up every single day and then go into those events, I don't think you would nearly be as well, could have, as, as well as a performer in the ring. You have to give yourself that chance to reset and recharge. Otherwise, exactly. there's no way, especially in a sport like you participate in, there's no way you could, you could perform the job like you do. No, you'll snap. There's no way you can. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, finding things throughout the day, even, even on the days you do ride just to get your mind off it and try and put yourself back in that I'm on the river state just for a little yeah. while. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good point. Well, let's finish here, man. Um, if there's one or two things that you take from the sport you have now participated in, and since you were 11 to 13 years old, 
What are two or three lessons you've taken from the sport that you apply to your everyday life? Hmm. Like, I don't know, I guess how best way to put it. I think you rodeo has taught me to roll with it. You know, it's, it's never over till it's over. You got to be flexible. Shit's not always going to go your way. <laughs> you just, you know, don't, don't get wound up by the little things, you know, it's, it's all part of the process. And, and what, if you can learn to enjoy the process, you can enjoy anything. I think that's an awesome way to end that because with, with what you do getting on a horse, that's objective is to buck you off and potentially do <laughs> harm to you, be able to flow with it and, and not look at what many see as urgent or emergencies as any, you know, as, as a big problem, you have to just look at it and say, it's not as big as I think it is, man. I exactly. think that's got to help you so much in both the sport and how you just approach everyday life. Absolutely. Uh, well, Richmond, let's end here, man. Like if somebody wanted to follow cool. you now, now you've, now you've got new bareback riding fans <laughs> after listening to this. I love it. What are the best ways to follow you, get in touch with you? Um, definitely just my Instagram. I got Richmond champion is, is probably the best. Um, I have Facebook, but I'm pretty much on the IG. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know this actual podcast will probably air after the national finals is over, but with five cool. nights left to go, man, I wish you nothing but the best as, as we did in Cheyenne, I pray for you for safe rides for the next five nights, man, go kick some ass. And, uh, any, any lasting words you want to leave the audience? No, man. Just keep grinding. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, Richmond. Hey, guys, hey, if you're listening in, remember, take it from a bareback rider. When you get clarity, you get confidence. You need confidence to get the, on the back of a horse. Action happens. So go make it happen today. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor please go to Apple, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor, share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.